going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down, episode number 51.4. And we are concluding our playthrough of Rogue Galaxy. Um, today I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, um, where we left off isn't that far away from the end. There's a good amount of cutscenes, and the rest of it is one really long dungeon. It's, it's two really long dungeons, basically, and then yeah, a series of boss fights. 12 and 13 are kind of connected. Yeah. There's no, like, cutscene in between them or anything like that. It just says, okay, you've completed Chapter 12. Now it's on to Chapter 13. Yeah, you don't jump to a new planet or anything. Yeah. So, uh, where we left off was um, uh, Jaster and his company had arrived at Eden, uh, also known as Mary Glen, and um, they found out that uh, Kisala is the princess of Mary Glen, and we run into uh, their mother, or her mother, I should say. Um, who is the queen, I guess. And I don't know if they fully talk about this, which I know you didn't see it. So full disclosure here, Matt did not, Matt made it to the final boss and had a cheap death and unfortunately was not able to finish and see the final cutscene uh, in the ending. But you're at the end. Like that, that part with Jaster is the final thing you do in that game. Uh, All that spent leveling up swords, and they just give him a brand new one right at the end. I think you can switch out swords after you beat Mother. I'm not certain, though. Is there anything else to fight after Mother? Yeah, you beat Mother, and then you fight the the giant ship. Oh, yeah, I figured that was all. Yeah. So, um, I think, I don't know, I stayed with that sword. Um... But, um, yeah, so, uh, we meet with Kasala's mother, they have a reunion, all that stuff, but we actually get the backstory. So the thing that Matt mentioned last week that I said would be answered in the cutscene after we had stopped was what's this big threat everybody's worried about? Why is everybody wanting to stop Jaster from going over to Eden or Mary Glenn? And the reason why is because Mary Glenn is a planet that is frozen in time. So it's not just in another galaxy. It's actually in like a time warp. And I don't know if they explain that here, but they, they mention it in the ending. And it, I was like, that kind of came out of nowhere. I, I don't, I don't remember hearing that. Maybe I wasn't paying attention during an earlier cutscene. So what happened was a big giant evil thing happened. Uh, they call it Mother. Um, and basically it is like a overpowering infestation. Um, but it yep. also, it also manifests into a being. Was it born of the rune? 
So all like it looked like lava, but I think that was like that was the rune. Is that true? Yeah, like evil energy or something like that. Especially like living energy that will attach to anything and corrupt it. And um, mother was a person who lived like fifty thousand years ago. Uh, it was originally just a human being um, that the star god knew, which was obviously one of Jaster's great, 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 a long time ago ancestor grandfathers. And he has the star god blood inside of him. So, um, mother was corrupted a long time ago by the rune, which turned her into the beast that she is now. And she has been wreaking havoc across the galaxy. Years and years and years ago, um, it, Mother basically landed on Maryglen or Eden, whatever planet you want to call it. We'll call it Maryglen because that's what they refer to it from now on. And the people of the planet decided to save the rest of the universe. They would basically create a separate time warp. Sounds familiar. Seems like a thing to do yeah to 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 basically trap mother in this time warp so when they said don't open the don't open the portal to eden that would potentially allow mother to cross into our time period so there's the problem i have though it doesn't make any sense that they would really try to stop him like so my question wasn't like what's the evil it's why would we go to Mary Glenn to stop an evil if it won't get released unless we go there? Because... Right, it's kind of like too. But the thing is, there's already beasts all over the normal worlds, so she's like leaking in anyway. So I don't understand why anyone would want to stop him. Yes, it's risky, but the only way to clear up the beasts is, you know, is to go there and fight her. Is is Rune and Mother the the cause of all beasts in the galaxy? Yeah, I thought so. Oh. I thought that's what you said. I I don't know that one. Um, because if if that wasn't the case, then he would just never go there and just leave Mother locked in Maryglen for all time. But they want to save Maryglen. There's a whole planet full of people there. Well, last time the I, I would guess if I were Jaster that the last time a place that was like stuck in time became unstuck, everybody died anyway. <laughs> this is true. So you could you could save them, but they'll probably just die happy. So basically, Kisala is a person from another time. Um, she was sent to our time. And our galaxy, um, as kind of like a final last hope to get in contact with the ancestor of the star god, um, which is Jaster, and because he's the only one that can actually defeat Mother. So, and did they when Jaster was born? 
I guess. I don't know. Because if not, hasn't there been like a 10,000 year gap while Jaster's mom was hanging out in purgatory? Yeah. With no descendants of the Starking? Everything seems to be just perfect coincidences. So, <laughs> basically what happens is when we travel to Morrigan, we open the portal, we open the gateway to, to our time period in our world. So, we have to take out Mother here. Um, and to do so, we have to seek answers, which we find in the forest when we run into Kasala's father. And Kasala's father has been cursed by Mother um, uh, as a servant. She's, he, he decided, he made a bargain with her that he wouldn't harm the people of Marigolin, she wouldn't harm the people of Marigolin if he served her, and she turned him into a beast. Uh, and he tells Kasala this, and we have to defeat him because, well, he's he's evil, or he's got evil in him. So we we kill him, but he tells us how we are able to defeat Mother. It's by using this ancient power called the Dragellum. And we don't exactly know what Dragellum is, but it can be used to forge a new weapon for Jaster, which he can then use to defeat Mother. Basically, been my whole game is forging new weapons. Yeah. So, um, we then have to go locate the Dragellum. Uh, we then go into this kind of like canyon area that is divided into multiple tunnels. Um, and we travel through this area, and this is a really long area. Uh, and at the end of each tunnel, we run into, uh, basically a revelation for every party member. Um, and there's some pretty big revelations in here for some, some, um, and that's where we obtain, obtain the Dragellum, which is basically, the power that lies in everybody's hearts. Yeah, it's not like a personification of them, though, right? It seems like it's an emotion. Each character seems to have like one overriding emotion, isn't it? Because the the Dragellum seems like it's just made of one thing, like hope, or I don't know, purity, or courage, desire, desire. Yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. So, it's so we get a few revealing things. Some of the bigger ones, Simon. So we keep running into this woman and child in all these weird ass places, who are constantly looking for the 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 the, the husband slash father of these two, and kind of find out it is actually Simon which is why he was acting all funny whenever we first ran into them. Um, what basically happened was Simon used to be like a, a worker at a factory, and there was an explosion that burned and scarred his face majorly. And he felt so ashamed at how he looked that he, he wore a mask and hid himself from his wife and daughter. Um, and Yeah. That one was the most intense. Yeah. And so that was, that was like the bigger reveal. 
Um, and so we get his Dragellum. Uh, Digo is basically just remembering his past, like whenever, um, you know, he had that, the, the woman that he loved and then her brother, which was the guy that got stabbed. <laughs> um, then there was, uh, Lilica who remembers, um, her sister and mother, her mother getting killed by that evil giant spider. Um, she remembers actually what happened that day, um, where she basically was scared to death and watched her mother die and her sister become blind. Uh, Simon finds out that, uh, Dr. Geppetto, <laughs> Picasso is actually making a boy. He's making a little boy. Um, he's making a boy android to, uh, that looks almost human. And he's going to put um, Simon's memories in there. It's like going to be his new body. Um, so here, what else? Um, Jupus. Uh, for the longest time, he always blamed his assistant for uh, accidentally spilling coffee all over the place and destroying all his research that he worked so hard on. Uh, it's revealed that he had a critical flaw in the system that could end up killing a bunch of people. And his assistant f saw this. And sabotage it on purpose. Uh, and Jupus is like, oh crap, I didn't realize this was going to kill a bunch of people. So now he, he kind of forgives his lab assistant. Yeah, and they say they'll work together again. Yeah. Um, let's see, who am I missing? Uh, did Kisala have one? Um... If I don't she, know what hers would have been. Yeah, I, I don't think she had one. No, Casalas is the one we get at the very end. From her mom. Yeah, that's right. Um, then we get Jasters, which Jaster is remembering whenever he was a child with uh, Raul, the priest. And uh, he always thought, he, he always remembered his um, his ultimate dream was to go into space, but as he's talking to his child self, he remembers it wasn't just to go into space. It was to go into space and make a difference, save the galaxy, save people and help people. Um, I think that's everybody. No, I forgot one. Uh, Zegram. Zegram, uh, is remembering his girlfriend who, uh, got killed by a giant bird. <laughs> um, it's so weird, uh, but he was getting ready to travel, like go on like a vacation or traveling with his girlfriend, and he was getting ready to meet her, and he watched her get killed uh, while she was trying to save an old man from getting mauled by a bird. <laughs> Happens and, every day. Yeah, and he remembers he has, he has the power of love. Um, And I think, yeah, that's it. So we get all the Dragellums, uh, which took like a, a man, two hours, three hours. That yeah. took me forever running through here. Yeah, that was long. Um, and we're able to finally forge the sword, uh, combined with all the Dragellums. Uh, and now we're able, we're ready to take on Mother. Uh, and we go into yet another dungeon. Holy hell. 
This dungeon took forever. I swear. I, I It felt like it was three hours. I'm sure it was only like an hour and a half or something like that. But it took. It just kept going. Well, I bet it took a good at least two. Because I played it for... It took me about an hour and ten minutes tonight to get through it. And that was only the second half. I was already halfway through it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was a long-ass dungeon. Uh, basically going to the core of the planet to uh, stop Mother. Yeah, well, taking the long way around. Yeah. So um, we make it to the core. Mother is there, which I should describe Mother. Originally, she looked like a giant slug that floated in the air. But um, uh, she eventually turns into like... Almost like a, a, a giant female insect-looking thing. Yeah, I was going to say kind of like a praying mantis or something. Yeah. Uh, and there's two fights with Mother. Uh, the first one being pretty simple. Um, you use the, uh, was it the, God, what's it called? It starts with an M, the something shot that makes the platforms. Uh, monogamy, monogamy, shit. I yeah, can't mo- monography, monog- something like that. Monography, yeah. Yeah. Um, use that shot to make platforms to jump up and hit her head a couple of times. Hit her head a couple of times. She falls over and you slash the crap out of her head until her health bar is down. Illusion sword mixed with Lilica's God War Cry destroys everything. Um, I wish all the boss battles in this game were conventional like that. Uh, but then there's the, always the one-on-one fights that you can't use that combination with. Yeah. Um, and so we, we beat mother that time, but that's pretty much nothing. Can't that, that, that's no, you know, she's just shrugging, shrugging that off. Um, so we get, uh, the one, Final, um, Dragellum, uh, which is, is through her mother. Her mother has basically obtained the power of everybody's hearts on the planet and given it, given it to Kasala. Would have been nice before. Yeah. Mom. And, uh, Jaster turns into the star god, uh, once again, powers up, Super Saiyan level four. And, um, we have, Another fight. Um, this one wasn't very difficult either. I had uh, two very different experiences going through this series of battles. If okay. it was one of my main characters, like Digo or Kasala, it didn't really have a problem. But then I got to the characters who I've literally never bought a sword for, never upgraded a single ability for, and... Uh, those were some long battles because I was only doing like 50 damage per hit. Right. And, uh, you know, not much I can do other than, other than, you know, just take like probably half an hour for some of those battles. It felt like. Well, you're talking about the, the demon battleship or whatever. Yeah. Oh, we'll see that we had two fights with mother. The first one was where we hit her in the head a couple of times and then we had to fight her again. Like traditionally, and just basically just slash her until she's dead. But, but we're able to defeat Mother basically. Uh, yeah, she's a moth in the second one. Yeah. Um. And uh, when we defeat her there, 
Um, she's dead. We, she falls into the rune, the lava that's below us, uh, and gets reabsorbed into it. But, I mean, we've pretty much killed her. But the bad thing is, is that while this is all going on, uh, Volkog shows up in one of his special airships. And, uh, he decides, he gets the great idea that we should, they should suck up the energy in the, uh, in, that's down in the core. So basically sucking up the rune. Uh, what he doesn't realize is it is a living thing. And when he starts using the pumps to suck it up, it actually pulls his ship down along with him and his two assistants. And yeah, they like get, octopus. yeah, they get absorbed into, the rune and emerges this gigantic battleship humanoid hybrid thing. Yeah, this thing's pretty crazy. Yeah. Everybody fused into it. Yeah, so there's parts of Valkar Cog, uh, his, his weird like scientist assistant guy is in it, and then his secretary is also in it, and they're all like melded together with the battleship in these really weird ways. So then in order to take this thing down, we have to split up. We have to all board the ship and take out parts of it individually. And so begins a series of boss fights um, where you have to fight one-on-one -on -one with different parts of the ship. It's pretty epic as far as end battles go. Oh, uh, Yeah. I mean, we're fighting one ship, and it takes all of us fighting different parts of it to to bring it down. Yeah. So the first one was is with Digo, and like me and Matt were talking about before the show, uh, there's two fights that are like this, um, where you're fighting like this big evil hand that's coming up out of the ground, and there's a trick to it, and I didn't realize there was a trick to it. Um, so the hand is wearing a ring, and when it closes its fist, you can't damage it. If you shoot the ring enough times, it, the hand will open up, and you're able to like jump and attack it multiple times uh, by, with just standard attacks. I didn't know that, because I didn't think to jump and hit the hand, I guess. So I just stayed back and shot the thing, and it took me like 20 minutes. Um... But, uh, yeah, you beat that with Digo. I think it, then it switches over to, like, Simon, I think. And he's fighting, like, what looks like a, um, like an anti-air gun that is, like, has a mouth now and is walking around. Um, and you have to fight it. Um, it's cheap, but smaller. Yeah. Um, fight it. Then we switch to, uh, Steve and it's, just, it's another one that Simon fought. Um, we switch to Lilica and she's doing one of those as well, but there's a trick to it. You have to f basically shoot the thing that's behind it, which is on the wall. It looks like a, like some kind of like a core or a heart. Uh, you take that out and don't even worry about the boss. Yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. Cool. Um, do that one, and then we 
who we take over after that? I think it's Kisala. Kisala is interesting because she's fighting basically what's the remains of the secretary woman of Volkog. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one's unique because she's basically like in this, like almost like a hallway and she has to hit the face of the woman. Um, and it's constantly shooting electricity at her and you have to constantly jump up and hit it in the face. Um, it just, it was time consuming. I never really got close to dying here. Yeah. Kasala is one of the ones that I have powered up. So this one was probably the easiest fight for me. Yeah. Um, I didn't, so it took a lot of just hacking and slashing. Yep. Then, um... Zegram's the last one, right? Zegram <laughs> is the last one, then Jaster. Um, Zegram has to fight the the scientist guy. Um, and this one I found easy because I didn't know exactly how to do it, but I kept just spamming attacks, like his, his abilities that he has. And I found out that if you shock it with his lightning ability, it confuses it, he slams his arm into the ground, and then you can climb up his arm and just hit him in the head a bunch of times. And so I just kept spamming that over and over again, and he never even got a hit on me. Yeah, that's what I was doing, but it took forever because I never leveled him up. Mm. I was only doing 30 damage per hit. Oh, wow, man. I was doing like at least like 150, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that... I only got hit a, a, just a couple of times, but pretty easy fight, but just so long because I didn't level anybody up. I'm going to see on the second try if I can at least uh, at least just fill in the rest of everybody's ability matrices and hopefully at least get some new abilities unlocked before some of these fights to speed them up a bit. Because, whew. Yeah. Some of these took forever. Then um, after that, it's Jaster. Uh, Jaster's still in his star god form, but he's actually taking fully control of it, so he's not being possessed by the spirit of the star god. He's just him now. Uh, and he has now this super-powered sword that is like, I don't know, 50, 60 feet long. Um, and he has to take on the, the head of the ship, which is obviously uh, Volkog's face and arms. And this one is kind of tedious uh, because you have to block constantly. Um, there's basically only three attacks that this thing has. Uh, the first one being he will throw out these weird mines that stick around on the ground for a minute or stick around. They float in the air. And as long as you're not close to those mines, they won't hurt you. Um, but if they do hit you, what happens is it breaks your block and then if you get hit again, it, oh, there goes 200 hit points real fast. He also has like a, um, a charged shot. Um, and, uh, the only thing you can do there is block, hopefully. Um, and then there's the, um, uh, the things that come up out of the ground and try and hit you, which those are really easy. Like every time I blocked and it hit me, I, it did 19 damage. And I was like, ah, oh, this is nothing. So the only thing you did do is basically hold block the entire time. And then every once in a while, I'll get in a couple of sweeps with the sword. And then, um, he'll, he'll guard himself with his hands, hit his hands, and then he will do a counter attack. When you hit his hands, automatically start blocking, uh, because that counter attack is going to come. He slams his hands down on top of you. Um, 
Basically, every time I got hit, even if I was blocking, I used the health potion. Um, but after, after slicing him a good amount, um, he goes down. We're able to destroy him along with uh, the rune. And um, we escape. Uh, because, of course, every time you beat a final boss, the, the rune collapses. <laughs> True. And, um, yeah, that so begins the final cutscenes. Uh, basically, we return back to the queen, and um, she tells us that, you know, we've saved the day, yay, everything like that. Um, and uh, Kisala decides, um, it, it, well, I, I put it this way. We saved the day, but we have to go back to our time period, basically. And when we go back to our time period, they notice on the um, on the star charts or whatever you want to call it that the, a new planet has shown up in our galaxy. It's Mariglen, but here's the difference: it's Mariglen if we saved it ten thousand years ago. So when we return back to it, her mom's not there anymore because obviously time continued on and basically everybody has been prophesized. So when we show back up, everybody's like, we've been waiting, you know, generations for you, Kasala, to come back and become yeah. our queen kind of thing. Um, so Kasala decides that she wants to stay at Mariglin and become the ruler of the planet. Uh, and uh, both Jaster and uh, the captain, which is her adopted father, obviously. Um, they're just like, are you sure you want to do this? I kind of don't want you to do this. But she decides it's for, for her people. Um, and um, then begins like the kind of like the final cutscenes of everything. As the credits are rolling. So wait, uh, does Jasper leave her there? Yeah, he leaves her there. Oh shit! I thought they were definitely going to end up together. And uh, well, here's the thing. Um, so while the cutscenes, while while the credits are rolling and stuff like that, it's showing what everybody's doing now. You know, and everybody kind of went back to their their normal lives. Simon went back to his family. Uh, Steve's with Doctor uh, Picaccio. They're getting ready to get the new body going. Um, Jupus is now working with his lab assistant, working on perfecting his research. Um, you know, everybody's back to normal. Jaster, Zegram, and, um, the captain are still all sailing on the Dorgan Goa. Um, or the Dorganok, I should say. Uh, the Captain Dorgan Goa. Um, and, uh, and it shows Kisala basically you know, being crowned queen and, you know, she's there having a big festival with all of her people on her planet and stuff like that. And then after all that is done, um, uh, we get kind of like one little final cutscene of, uh, Jaster and Zegram and, um, the captain are all standing on their ship and they're like, well, what do you want to do now? And he's like, well, we still got an adventure ahead of us. And he's like, uh, let's go back to Mariglin. And uh, we're going to get you your real treasure. And he's like, what's that? He's like, well, this is Kasala. Let's go get her. You know, kind of thing. 
And he's like, uh, abductor. Yeah. No, I don't think abductor. I think they're, <laughs> I think, the, I think he's going back to basically hopefully start a life with her. Um, and then it shows them, you know, warping out to sea or the galaxy or whatever. Uh, and there's one final little blurb where the, the, um, the screen goes black and it's Jaster narrating. And he basically said, uh, we went down as legends and that was going to be our last act of piracy or last act as pirates. Um, and that was it. It's a pretty short pirating career for him. I know. Um, I'll put it this way. Um, I think it's 27 hours was how long 27, 47. In fact, I think I, I took a screenshot of it because I, I, I go to how long to beat and I actually have a, an account there and I, I actually write down how long it took me to beat stuff so I can add I'm to it. I'm at about 32 and probably 34 if you count the back, the repeats. Um, in fact, I think I still have that screenshot. Um, I think I ended the game with everybody. Jaster and my two main characters that I used throughout the game, which was Jupus and Lilica, were about level 57. Everybody else was around 55. And, um, yeah. So, I don't know what it was about this game particularly, but when I beat this game, I felt fucking accomplished as shit. And I don't know why. Probably a dozen boss fights in a row. That's that's part of it, I think. You know, it does have a very good sense of finality. Yeah, I, I think um, that's part of it. I think the other part is, uh, you know, it, it, it ended decently. Um, I think, uh, you know, they obviously it felt like they left it open for a sequel, but I doubt we'll ever get that. Um, but no, I, I think it ended decently. Yeah, it had a pretty epic conclusion altogether. Um, and overall, besides all the, you know, the dumb grinding and so many encounters and stuff like that and the, and the combat being a little too simplistic for my tastes, I actually enjoyed this game a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. I didn't, you know, I think there were tedious parts, but, you know, comparing it to Trails of Cold Steel, you know, I, I don't think there was half as much wasted time as in that game. Yeah. The game itself only took half as long. Um, the characters might be not quite as grounded, but they're, they're eccentric. I think they're more interesting characters. You know, I think you've got a lot of interesting characters thrown together on a ship. Uh, and you get to know them a bit, I think, especially at the end of the game with the, with the Durgellums. You know, it almost feels like a, like a Bioware style. We're going to explore each side character. Just obviously not as, as well done, as intricately done as, as Bioware would do. But, you know, you, you know, kind of feel like I get some hints of that, where it's like, we want you to care about each of these characters, so we'll wrap them up for you. Um, you know, so I think, I think overall the characters were, were very interesting. Um, you know, again, the game's gorgeous. Um, you know, it has this great sense of adventure. It felt fun. I mean, aside from the parts that were a bit tedious, you know, most of the game, the characters seem like they're having fun. I feel like I'm having fun going on this adventure with them. Uh, yeah, I, 
I, I basically liked this game from moment one, and I, uh, it, it, it's pretty much a gem of the PS2 days, I think. Yeah. And I think it's one that a lot of people didn't really actually play. But, um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. You know, looking back at it as a whole, I was like, this, it was decent. It was really decent. I mean, you know, uh, me as a video game reviewer, if I had reviewed this game, I would say I'd give it probably a 7.5, something like that. Because, yeah, there are some major tedious parts of this game. Um, but there's enough there to, to keep people busy. I mean, you know, you can find all these swords, you can, you can create different weapons. You, I mean, there's this whole, there's a whole nother planet that we didn't even go to. I didn't go to. Um, yeah, I did. Like the water plant. Yeah. And then there's tons of optional bosses in this game. Um, and there's a lot to that. Um, it's just, we didn't really explore much of that because, well, we, we're just trying to beat the game. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that this definitely has some merit to it. Uh, there are some tedious moments, but it, overall package, I think was fantastic. I think the, the, especially the, the look of it, I think the soundtrack was really good too. Um, and that, you know, that goes a long way for me cause I love video game soundtracks. Um, but yeah, yeah, there weren't necessarily great songs per se, but there was a lot of good background music and. Music in different planets felt different. Yeah. Everything had a theme to it. I thought that went really well. Yeah. And, and again, going back to the, my point from a couple of weeks ago, I think it's, it's designed well to the point. I don't know if this ended up happening to you, but when you do get all of the, the teleporters, uh, once you get all the teleporters on the planet, then it opens up where it'll show you on the map where every chest is. So you can go back and, it assists you in collecting all the chests. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, I think overall, I really enjoyed this game. As in fact, I'd, I'd say I don't think I've disliked any game we've done this year for you know the RPG stuff. I wouldn't say. I'm trying to imagine everything we've done. It, it hasn't been a lot because most of the RPGs we played were long as hell. Yeah, Trails of Cold Steel came the closest for me. Yeah, I mean, Trails of Cold Steel, I think, um, I thoroughly enjoyed that game, but because I just, I, I liked what the, what story was, was shown there. Um, but yeah, it was overly long. Way overly long. Um, but yeah, um, that's my thoughts on the game. Uh, we did actually get an email. Because I, I asked people to send an email. And we got one from Dustin. Oh, nice. And it says, uh, hey guys, how goes it? So Rogue Galaxy is in the books finally, so let's talk about it. My history with this game is close to nothing. I knew about it being some pirate RPG on PS2 and had no interest at all. Then you had it on your your poll earlier this year. And then a flash sale on PSN had, uh, so I picked it up. Wait, are you telling me you hear the term space pirate RPG and that, that, that doesn't interest you? That, maybe not. Space pirate RPG sounds like, uh, you know, it, it's maybe 10 years ago saying the word like post apocalyptic. <laughs> or everything was post apocalyptic. Yeah. Or nowadays saying zombie. Yeah. Um, 
started playing it when you guys said uh, it was going to be your next game. And it took me a while to adjust to the combat since I kept dying all the time right away and learned quick to use items all the time and keep them stocked since your teammates are worthless. <laughs> there's not really any healing magic. Yeah, there's none. There's some that, that like take away your status effects. Yeah. Like negative status effects. I know Kisala has a few. But no, there are no healing magic abilities in this game. Let's see here. Uh, the combat wasn't the best lot uh, of the... Let's see here. It wasn't the best uh, except for uh, Desert Wind and running away from the headshot only enemies became grindy at times. Yeah, let me let me just reiterate that. Fuck enemies that you have to jump and hit them in the head because you constantly miss. You can only do a three-time slash with it. You can't combo into it, and you can't use any ability to actually defeat them. Fuck those things. And that's all I ran into in the last, like, three dungeons of this game. Yeah, especially that last dungeon. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate it. Every time I'd say, yeah. And that was the thing. I was like, I was, I wasn't necessarily grinding, but I was, I was most certainly going through and doing every battle that I could. Um, but toward the end of that last dungeon, when I saw whatever their names are that popped up and they were the ones you had to jump and hit them in the head, I was like, nope, I'm running. Fuck that. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, story didn't get good until they introduced the tablet. Everything before it could have, I could have done without. Uh, as far as the main plot, I wish they fleshed it out more rather than force feeding us these stupid side plots like the kid and Steve and that annoying woman and kid <laughs> that are everywhere and end up being Simon's wife and kid. Seriously, what the fuck? I mean, it is kind of just, I don't know. It's so weird because the, the, as far as backstory goes, we get it all in like a 15 minute span. I, I mean, it, like, you know, we could have, we could have fleshed out Simon a bit more. Yeah. It might've added a little bit of weight to those early chapters too. Yeah. If there was a bit more of the story when you pick up each character. Right. And then maybe just a twist at the end instead of. The, the entire info dump. Right. So says here, uh, did you know Kisala and Jaster have a co-op move based on their love? Why didn't they get into that more? <laughs> Let's see here. Another thing that came out of nowhere was that little kid killing the elf with the dual guns by stabbing him. I don't know uh, if they were going for an emotional moment, but it fell flat and I wasn't impressed. I to me, I felt that that entire sequence was completely out of character for this game. Because, like, for the longest time, this was like you know, a, a a Disney afternoon pirate thing, and all of a sudden, there's mob hits and people getting stabbed in the back and shit. And I don't know that that came out of nowhere for me. So I did like the epic final boss fight, even though it would have sucked to die and start over. <laughs> I can I can assure you it does. <laughs> Overall, I did enjoy the game. It was all right. The boss battles were the most enjoyable, except the gimmicky ones where you needed a specific gun or just had to defend the majority of the time and the timed ones. Will I replay it? Probably not. 
Well, I rambled enough with some thoughts. Sorry it wasn't more structured. I didn't know you were going to record this early. Uh, can't wait for Eternal Darkness. I don't know if I have time to play it again, but I can't wait to listen to you guys so I can reminisce. And here's hoping to 12.7 during your lull in November. Ha ha ha. Have a good one, Dustin. Thank you, Dustin. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I agree with pretty much everything he said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, level five is basically pretty much killed it for me. I mean, th- this game I enjoyed. And, uh, like I said, when, when we were doing the history in the beginning, uh, Jean Dark, that game I just adored. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's clearly, this could have been, could have been sort of restructured a bit to, to flow more smoothly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I don't think I would replay it per se, but I could definitely see going in to try and get some more swords or do the, the side missions right. someday. Optional bosses, stuff like that. Especially with the new version where there's, I assume there's trophies linked to that. So there's one more layer of incentive to go back and explore a bit more. Yeah, most certainly. Because, I mean, there's, I think I ended the game with like 38, 39% trophy completion. The rest of them were all like, you know, stuff that I will not obtain, like hitting level 99. Yeah, it's always been one of my hallmarks of RPGs. You know, going back to, you know, back to when I never played RPGs and, you know, the first time I was watching one of my friends play Final Fantasy VII and he was on one of the the weapons, like Ruby Weapon. And for some, so like, for some reason, like, I, I had a some new pathways develop in my brain and, like, I was just so blown away by the fact that he had already beaten the game or he was like done with the story and the, he's like, yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm spending 10 or 20 or 30 hours breeding chocobos so I can get to this island on the other side of the map. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like that, that's, that's in the, that's part of a game, you know? Cause I mean, I don't know at the time I'd never really played RPGs and most of the games I played were like survival horror or action games, action games, adventure games. And you know, you, you play it. And, you know, when you're done, you're done. There's not this whole world in there that you can go back and sort of play around and build within that world, build towards sort of secrets. You know, and I, I, I don't know what, to me, that, that's all, that's a huge part of Final Fantasy VII for me. And it sort of like opened my eyes to what RPGs have and sort of the, the number of hours you can sink into RPGs. I, I don't know that I would do that with Rogue Galaxy per se, but. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Right. You know, if I had the time, I, I don't think I'll have the time. But, you know, I, I, I would like to develop some of the other swords and and maybe try to get to first on that hunter list, which I really have no idea what impact that has or had on the game. I don't think it had much, <laughs> to be honest well, with you. What was the point of it? I think you, yeah, I'm sure if you hit Hunter rank number one, you probably get like some kind of new weapon or something. Yeah, which I guess you would have to de- defeat all those optional bosses or just go back and beat more regular bosses to keep leveling up. I don't, I don't know, or more regular enemies. Could be. So I, I appreciate that the game has more like that to offer. 
you know, I guess maybe it's short on the, as far as RPGs go, but you know, a, a solid thirty-hour game with more to spare—that's a decent value for me. I think I, I wish more RPGs would be around this length rather than the 60, 80 hour games. Yeah. I mean, like back in, like if I was, if I was playing this game when I was, you know, 14, 15 years old, dude, I'd be in fucking paradise. Uh, because I would, I would max out everything. That's, you know, like I was, I was insane about Final Fantasy seven. I was insane about Final Fantasy nine. Um, those games were like in my heyday of, I don't have a job. Yeah. I don't have anything to do except homework. And I'm going to sit here and completely do everything I can in Diablo two, which is what I did in Diablo two. I can't tell you how many hours I put into that game alone in one character. There's characters in Diablo two. I never played. Because I chose a necromancer and played the entire game as a necromancer and put about 200 hours into a necromancer. It was nuts. But yeah, and I mean, like when I was, when I was a kid like that, sure. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I beat Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, and it's, that, like, that was for my jam to replay a game as opposed to keep diving further and further into a game. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, obviously with Metal Gear, it was all about, you know, I got to get the tuxedo, got to get the bandana, got to get all this stuff, you know, let's see if I can do it without getting caught, you know, and all this other stuff. I had the time to experiment with that stuff. Unfortunately, I don't have that now because, you know, I had a job, girlfriend, uh, I'm a video game reviewer. So I got it like every week I've got a new game I've got to play, you know, kind of thing. Um, Which is one of the reasons why I got into Phoenix Down because... I actually wanted to beat games and, and, yeah. and so far this year, aside from like maybe two, every game that I've completed was for Phoenix down. So it's, it, I mean, it, it helps me do that. So, but yeah, um, rogue galaxy. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there who haven't played it should probably give it a shot. It's only 15 bucks, I think on PSN and they had a sale whenever I picked it up and I paid like five bucks for it. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many more, I don't know how many PS2 games I would sort of just discover and play for the first time. That would be more impressive to me. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of PS2 games I love, but a lot of those games are kind of janky. Yeah. And for, you know, th- this game maybe, you know, was a little off with pacing and, you know, delivery and stuff. But for the most part, it was fairly smooth. Although I had a few points where I was <laughs> unleashing some special moves with like six enemies on the screen and it would it would slow way down. Yeah, there was there was a few times where I had some frame rate issues. And uh, I haven't mentioned it this entire series, but that camera, man, sometimes that camera does not want to work. I'm swinging at shit that I don't even see on the screen. There's constantly times that, you know, it goes into the fucking wall and I can't see anything. It was like that camera had some issues. It's weird. Sometimes it does that sort of intentionally. Like if you are getting too close to sort of the boundary of a fight. It asks you if you want to keep fighting. Yeah. But then it kind of switches the camera. If you say, yeah, I want to keep fighting and it 
switches the camera angle on you. Yeah. So it's um, it has its issues, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that's um, it's a kind of a short show, but that's okay. It's I mean, it, we only had like two chapters to talk about basically. Um, and it wasn't that long of a game anyway. But yeah, uh, that's it for us. I do appreciate everybody listening about the Rogue Galaxy. Um, but. Get excited because next week is Halloween. We're starting it. And we're going to be going back to a game that we tried before. Um, uh, most people who's listening to this doesn't even know. But before uh, Phoenix Down existed, uh, in fact, about two years before Phoenix Down was started, um, Matt and I and a few other people uh, were on the Zombie Frog Game Club Um Unfortunately, you can't find those episodes. I know, Matt, you still got them. Yeah, I've got the vast majority of them. Um, but you can't find them. But I we, we played a good amount of games there. I got a list of everything that we played. Um, but uh, the last game that we ever did or attempted to do for Game Club was Eternal Darkness. I kind of screwed myself in that game. <laughs> and was not able to progress. At the same time, we were transitioning. I know Mike was transitioning to a new website. Uh, I was, you know, getting really deep into ZTGD at the time, stuff like that. So we abandoned it. So you're saying it broke us? It, it yeah, it ended Zombie Frog Game Club. <laughs> um, so we stopped. Uh, and then about two years later, uh, while I was, I was working with ZTGD, I just asked Matt if he would like to start up a game club podcast again, because we had a lot of fun playing games, doing that. And, um, that's when we started Phoenix Down. So we are coming back. We're coming back to the game that killed our original podcast. And we're Hopefully gonna, it'll be the same thing again. Yeah, I know. And we're going to beat it this time. We're going to play Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem for Halloween. Um, curse. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, I actually booted it up tonight before I recorded here um, just to see if it would work and then proceeded to finish the first chapter on accident because I didn't realize that chapter was that short. Um, I'm back in. I started playing that game and... Like it, it's that game can be so fucking creepy at times. The music is completely unsettling. Yeah. Um, the sound design is fantastic. Sure. The character models aren't going to look that good. It's a GameCube game, which was originally going to be an N64 game that they never released. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I'm, I'm totally down for this. So, uh yeah, I'm ready for that. We're gonna be doing that. We actually got Dave uh gonna be rejoining us for another game. It's been a while for him. But uh he's gonna be back with us uh to talk about it as well. And uh if anybody out there would like to join us in playing it, please let us know and send us emails. Please. I have to stress that enough. Send us emails, let us know what you think of the game, the show, everything like that. Um, and uh, like I said, you can send an email. It's drew at ztgd.com. 
Uh, we'll read it on the show. We'll have discussions about it, everything like that, whatever you want to do. Uh, you can also tweet to us. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. And yeah, uh, another another RPG in the books. Um, Lost. Yeah. And then uh, I think we've already got set up to where I think I'm not certain, but me and John have been in discussions. So we're going to be doing pretty much the entirety of October, Eternal Darkness. And uh, Matt is going to be doing NaNoWriMo. So I plan on doing uh, a series while in November while Matt is uh, doing that. And John has mentioned that he would like to join like he did last year for Psychonauts. And this year he mentioned, I'm not certain, we haven't locked this in yet, but he mentioned L.A. Noir. Ooh. So we may be doing L.A. Noir. I'm not certain. Um, I would have to go get a copy. But <laughs> I've played that game before, um, so I know what to expect. Uh, but yeah, we're going to, I know John said he'd like to be on, so I don't know if we're going to do LA Noir or not, but we'll figure it out. And then after that, Matt will return, uh, after NaNoWriMo, uh, and Jay will be joining us to do Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair, which I am really excited for. Um, but that's pretty much our lineup for the rest of the year. So... I hope you guys are ready. I know uh I I'm 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 so excited to start playing Eternal Darkness again. I know me too. Right. I I actually love that oh, game. It was one of those grail games. It was it was one of the games when we started Zombie Frog that we said, you know, our, our goal is to play modern classics and this this from day 1 was on that list long long ago. Yeah. Well, we're going to defeat you this time. Come hell or high water. But that's it for us. I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, and uh, we will be back next week uh, to start our Halloween series. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. And we will return next week with the beginning of Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem.
night Even when there is no star inside I know you will always be with me I know I'll always have my memory No matter how far away I roam I will be dreaming my way home Time froze But I kept moving on All I have loved All I have known I turned around And in a moment it was gone But I believe I'm never far from home Comfort to the darkest night